and we're still kind of getting into our rhythm. Um, how, how do you feel things are going so far in this Because <laughs> I tend to just go by the seat of my pants and talk about what we talk about. To Belgrade and beyond. Um, I'm Sandra and I'm sitting here with Alicia. Hi Alicia. Hi. <laughs> Hi everyone. And uh, we're up to chapter two of Horn of Prophecy, the first book in the Belgariad. If you haven't listened to episode one, go on back and listen to episode one because we're talking about each chapter of the book and pulling them all apart and lots of spoilers and good stuff. So, um, you know, uh, I think it's, I know, for the second episode, we'll see how this one goes. But the first one, we I think we did really good staying on task. And, um, you know, having the Google Doc to share is a big help, so we stay on track. But I think that, again, it's also just the very beginning of the story. So it's as it picks up, we're going to get more and more in depth with more to talk about. We're just getting introduced to characters right now. So yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, I guess it kind of fits, you know, this is a new show for us, we're, we're working out how to talk about, you know, a book together, we haven't done this kind of show before, we have worked on other podcasts together, and like done other collaborative projects together, but this is the first one like this, so. Yep, I guess it's so. a lot of fun though, because <sighs> we don't, we can just be free and have fun and talk, <laughs> we don't have to worry about having a structure so much, and yes. Let it go where it goes. So if, you, if you're just tuning in and are about to switch off because you have no idea what this show's about, stay with us if you are a fan of fantasy, if you are a fan of geeking out over magic and story and just really cool characters because that's basically what we do for an hour is just laugh a lot and geek out about those kinds of things. So welcome to the show. What's the first thing, let's see, the first thing we're going to do is go into Polgar's Cup. Yeah, so for Polgar's Cup, we'll each give a little bit about our past week. Was it sweet or spiced or bitter or maybe a mixture? So I would say mine was a, a bit of sweet and spicy this week because... Um, if you listen to the first episode, you'll know that the week before I was dealing with a lot of migraines and kind of just not feeling myself. So I really focused on self-care this past week. So it gave me a lot of forward movement in the sense that I started feeling more myself again. So that was a sweet part of it. Um, and even though things have been going so busy, I don't feel like I have enough time in the day. I also um, just felt really relieved to make time for myself and then um the spiciness is that i've been pushing myself out of my comfort zone a lot within my business and also getting ready to publish my second book um it, it requires you to kind of be vulnerable because you have to let people read it for the first time after you've spent like for me it was over a year yeah. writing the thing so that's been my last week. Um, it's been, you know, ups and downs, but overall pretty good. Cool, cool. Well, I must say my, I've had a very bittersweet cup of potion this week. 
um, it's my birthday week, which is a nice thing. It's a good thing. Uh, it's also, right. Yeah, Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. 46. Good grief. Anyway. Oh, 46. Yeah, You're still young. Oh, no, no. I just, it's like, I'm 46. I mm. can remember when my mother was 36 and I thought she was really old. <laughs> you know, anyway. Yeah. That's yep. the thing. I think it's funny. But bittersweet because, yes, it's my birthday week, but it's also my brother's birthday week. And I live very far away from my family. And so I get a little bit kind of nostalgic, a little bit sad, a little bit, you know, that happy sad. Yeah. Um, so I get a little bit like that around birthdays and Christmases and stuff like that because, you know, I miss celebrating with them. I'm part of a large family. I think it's really, you know. Um, and they're mostly in Australia? Yeah, they're all in Australia. And I'm in okay. the Netherlands, so... That's a long wait. Yeah, really long. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that that's kind of uh, kind of the the bittersweet. So not bitter because it's kind of like there's a lot of love in there as well. That's not a bad thing. It's just a kind of a tender feeling. And then um, you know, and then the sweet, sweet, sweet is that my business is going really well. My work's going wonderfully. I've got the edits back from for the book I'm working on at the moment and my editor loved it and it's just, I've done one pass through it today and it's just awesome. And I'm really, really excited about getting this particular book out there in the world. And, you know, I'm doing lots of um, getting my voice and my ideas and sharing that and collaborating with new people and making new connections. And there's been so much of that just in the last week. Oh, it's kind of amazing. So very, very sweet, sweet in that regard. It sounds really, really amazing. Yeah. The writing, making connections, nothing but good can come from that. Well, that's my thinking today anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for chapter two, right? Yes, let's go wow. into Garion's view. That's you, Garion. Yeah, so I will summarize chapter two from what I at least interpreted it. Um, yes, so this chapter is all about the storyteller. Um, he basically kind of just saunters into the town and, you know, people have seen him around before. Uh, Aunt Pole definitely knows more about him than she will admit. And, you know, he... Um, He's obviously a little mischievous because he likes to kind of sneak food when she's not looking. Um, but then they all get together in the dining hall and he tells them the story. I believe it's the same story that was in the prologue, is it not? Yeah, yeah. So that's okay. the, yeah, so they don't tell the whole story again, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's done really well, huh? Yeah, so it's a little bit easier to kind of consume when he's explaining it in his terms because I guess that's what he's good at is telling stories in a way that people really get into it and, and remember what he said. So Garion also at the end of the story, like they kind of have a short conversation um, and, and I feel like the storyteller was making little hints that Garion obviously doesn't pick up on. Um, but as a reader, I was kind of like that that's going to mean something later, like um, 
something about kings, like you never know where you might find a king or something like that. And I mean, yeah, I guess that's the pretty, it was a really short chapter. So it's, a short chapter. it's really just about getting introduced to the storyteller, kind of figuring out who is he, but it's really just about learning that he's really good with telling stories, even though he also has a mischievous side. He also seems very wise. Again, reminded me a lot of Lord <laughs> of the Rings, yeah. you know, with either Aragorn or, or how Gandalf kind of strides into the Shire in the beginning. Yeah. And everybody's kind of got this like, ooh, it's yeah. he's here again, you know, excitement. So, well, yeah, we'll just, just, just dive straight down into the chapter. It, the, it's a very... In all of these sort of fantasy stories, there's always this archetypal, you know, wise one, isn't there? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's necessary. It's like a necessary part of fantasy. You know, there has to be the one who's been around, who knows the history because they are there for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. To see it firsthand. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there's definitely, it's like, we're seeing just the surface ripples of stuff that's going on underneath, but we don't know what it is yet. Right. The, yeah, like I said, there was a lot of little hints dropped that I can only just kind of guess at what they might mean, but I have well, to wait and find on. out. Go ahead and guess. This, well, is not, this is our discussion. You can guess whatever you like. I won't tell you the answer, but you can guess. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. The The one I remember is that I think he's talking to somebody else. He's not talking to Garyon, but he referenced somebody's telling him that this, this is, oh, it was uh, Faldor. He's telling him after his story, like, thanks for sharing this with us. This is something we'll remember forever. All the kings and queens or whoever are going to be talking about this forever. And then he kind of scoffs the idea of kings, and he's like, kings are too busy doing other things to pay attention to history and stories and um, but then at some point in that conversation, he tells Faldor that you never know where you're going to find another king. Yeah, you never um, know where a king might be hiding these days. Right. And so to me, I was like, okay, that, he must be talking about Garyon. <laughs> um, but I could be really wrong about that because it's completely obvious at this point. And maybe this author is somebody who likes to throw you off. Yeah, well, there's always that, isn't there? You can, I, I love that kind of feeling, especially like reading any kind of mystery. Like you look, you just discount all the obvious stuff straight away because it's just too obvious. Right. But, um, and, but you never know if the obvious thing was actually the thing until you get right, right to the end, do you? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of like when, after you've read books like Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire or something, and all the characters are so gray there's no black and white and then there's always like what you think is gonna come like it becomes something completely different when you get there and you're just kind of like oh my god that's not what I expected and now I'm angry or you know I'm crying because he tricked me and and that's kind of what I'm I'm curious if this is going to be a similar experience well you know how, have you got a story that you read so much that you, you know the tone of voice, like you know what the character would say in a, like a, if you were having a conversation with them about 
anything out of your life. You just know how they would speak and the expression on their face because you just know the characters so well. That's how I feel about the characters in this in in this series. So I just love watching, you know, talking to you as you read it for the first time and trying to like recapture that as we read through like one chapter. And I'm being really faithful just reading the one chapter (laughs) along with you every week. And like really, because I tend to, I I read really fast, especially if I've read the story before and I know the story, you know, I, I read really fast, but I'm taking great pains to read every word to really kind of sink in and get to know the characters again it's really I'm really enjoying it so yeah I mean it's it's definitely a unique experience to have two people one who knows the story inside and out and someone who's just Mm. learning it Mm. I was just looking through here of in the middle of his story that he's telling everybody he brings up something that I think is obviously really important and you've already hinted at it yourself oh I try not to you know I'm trying not to drop hints. no I just mean and you'll know what I say when I say it but okay okay here he says and great was the enchantment upon the jewel which men called the orb of Aldor for the orb Wait, for with the orb could Aldor see that which had been, that which was, and that which was yet to be. Mm-hmm. And so that got me excited because, <laughs> first of all, an orb can only mean something super magical and awesome. But <laughs> second is because it allows him to see like what ha- what's coming in the future, what has been, and what's going on now. And again, that that reminds me so much of um in the song of ice and fire series it's the oh gosh and i can't the, the trees do you know that i haven't read the books oh man it's in the movies or in the show too but the the tree that um and as bran the, the character becomes the third-eyed raven and he he gets access it's with these trees which are all over the realm mm. that he can like transport to any tree and he can see at any point whether it was the future the present or the past within that area it also sounds a bit like the or the seeing stones out of lord of the rings yeah yeah those oh palantir palantir yeah yeah i think that's it yeah yeah, so it's this these these sort of themes and elements are common through all the really great fantasy stories, and maybe that's why we love them over and over again because you know we get to dip into these archetypes and these um, these really powerful journeys that can be laid over the top of our lives in general. You know, really, can't we just take a hero's journey or a heroine's journey or a, you know a healing journey, or whatever? The thing is and lay it as part of our life and you know interpret it in a couple of different ways on any given day depending on you know where we're up at in our heads on that day oh yeah you don't have, <laughs> oh, yeah. To, you don't, you don't have to tell me this this is <laughs> the heart of everything i do <laughs> well, it's so well, true you know, we're sharing our wisdom with the world here my darling yeah i know so yeah yeah but if anyone's if anyone's listening and wants to tell us about anything that this triggers for you or, you know, questions, comments, send 
any of them to, we have an email address. We have an email address. Here it is, guys. <laughs> Send your stuff to belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com. I'll put the link, I'll put the address in the show notes so that you can copy it and paste it in. We would love, love, love to hear from you. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely any time that you feel like your own life is kind of paralleling to what we're talking about in this, we want to hear especially, but you can always just message and say hi to, you know. Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> conversation. We love that. Can you tell that we love to talk about this stuff? Really, really. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. So what else, in, what else is going on? In the chapter, is there anything else that stood out to you that you want to talk about? Um, well, I really like the I really like the conversation that um, Gary and the storyteller have after dinner. After he's told the story, and he asks Gary to carry the light, you know, get a lantern and take him to where he's sleeping. Yep. And Gary's really excited, you know, because the storyteller's cool and he tells cool stories and. He, He's just he's, he's like this mysterious figure and he kind of looks up to him in all of his daddiness and, you know, worn out clothes and, and stuff. And um, they, they, have, they sort of have this really intimate um, time after, after dinner where they're walking just in the yard and they don't mm. actually get to, you know, the storyteller's room they're just kind of walking out under the stars and having this profound conversation about you know what's possible and what's not possible and I love 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 it, I mean it's such a short chapter but it's so powerful because here's this nine-year-old proclaiming what he what his truth is to this old guy who's obviously been around and has a head full of history and stories and has been around kings and queens and you know, it has told stories all over the over the land, and this this nine year old little guy's saying, "Well, that's not possible." Or, you know, when um, when he's when the storyteller is um, oh yeah, that's right. Garion wants to know why the story's not finished. Why isn't it finished? He wants to know the end of the story. Will you tell me the end of the story one day? And the storyteller says, "Well, I can't because the story's not over yet. It hasn't happened yet." Right. You know, as the you know the story, you know Torak, the one-eyed god, hasn't met the Riven King yet. We don't know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. And Gary kind of gets all offended. How I many? Do you remember that bit? I'll let you take over from here because I know it. You know, but I want to know what you think of that part. Well, I was looking for like I'm at the part after that um, because the time when okay. So Torak and the Raven King haven't as yet met, he said. So I can't very well tell it, can I? At least not until after their meeting. And then it's only a story, Garyon objected, isn't it? And the, the storyteller says, is it? Who's <laughs> to say what's only a story and what's truth disguised as a story? Yeah, and then, you love that? Yeah. And then that's when Garyon gets really stubborn, like, it's only a story. No, it's only a story. He says it several times. Then he starts to ask him how old he is. He's like, how old are you? And the storyteller just says, I'm old enough, you know. (laughs) And then Garyon says, it's still only a story. And then this response I really liked here. The storyteller says, 
Uh, many good and solid men would say so. Good men who will live out their lives believing only in what they can see and touch. But there's a world beyond what we can see and touch, and that world lives by its own laws. What may be impossible in this very ordinary world is very possible there. And sometimes the boundaries between the two worlds disappear, and then who can say what's possible and impossible? So that right there, you have just described how I live my life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's me too. Yeah. And that I, I can't, I do not know at which point these stories became more real to me than what normal people would say is real. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and did the stories influence me so greatly? Were they so powerful to me that they influenced me so strongly? Or, you know, is it me going the other way? Is, it's, does that, do, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Does that make any kind of sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're saying that these, you're wondering if these books influenced you so strongly that um, they kind of began your life journey of, of seeing yeah, like things do, this way. Do I interpret the books this way? Because originally they were part of my formative years and that's how, you know, I developed to interpret the world. So it's kind of come full circle and looped back around. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that stories like this can really have influence on children. And that's why, you know, I mean, some parents are really against their children reading or watching anything that's fantasy because they think it's going to fill their head with all kinds of nonsense. But, you know, from the start, I let my children watch Harry Potter as soon as they were old enough to understand it mm. because I wanted them to be exposed and they've seen Lord of the Rings set many times over. It's a little bit too much for my little one. She gets scared of Gollum. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, goodness. He scares uh, me. God, he scares me. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, like letting children be exposed to stories like this because it is this type of stuff that can just broaden your mind into there is this whole other way of seeing the world, but most people are kind of closed off to it. Yeah. And stories like this can make you feel like, no, I mean, obviously this is so continual in books and stories. There must be truth to it, right? Oh, why would people keep writing about it? Yeah, why would they? Exactly right. There's something powerfully primal about the kinds of journeys that these characters undertake and the kinds of changes and transformations that they go through. We just connect on levels in, in our subconscious minds that we aren't aware of but we feel so deeply about <laughs> right i think and you know it, it, there is adventure and there is there is so much worth in in losing yourself in a story and finding ways to be brave and ways to heal and just different ways of you know you come away from it with a different filter to look at the world through and Oh, I just think all of those yeah. things are so powerful. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's those kinds of stories that got me through as a child and even into adulthood because yeah. stuff I was going through. Yeah. So I, I, I believe that whole 
phrase that he said there is a hundred percent true and like moving on towards we're almost to the end of the chapter already but i know (laughs) he um gary on his response to that is i think i'd rather live in the ordinary world the other one sounds too complicated and (gasps) And isn't that just like that a little bit isn't that just what in i'm doing air quotes nobody can see me but like (laughs) normal mainstream kind of everything would tell you that right you know just walk the line don't rock the boat don't do anything weird because yeah. that's the easy way. Right. And I'm sure that's how Garyon's been raised as well with Aunt Paul because she, but she knows about, I think she knows all about this other world, but she's trying to protect him mm. um, in some ways. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. But he, the, the next, I know the next, um, part that the storyteller says him is don't be too surprised if that other world someday chooses you to do something that must be done some great and noble thing which again was like another hint at (laughs) okay so maybe he is going to be but i think he's going to be something even bigger than a king honestly um but there's somebody else to be the king that they're referring to so yeah they just like kind of continue on they're under the stars and it says they just seem to have this really lovely intimate connection like it's just it's not it's not like fanfares or big you know like a big deal but there's like this closeness between them yeah he seems really comfortable with them yeah like right away and he tells him like you're a strange old man and he has no problem just telling him how he feels Mm -hmm. um but yeah it is kind of just again like that Gandalf feel like you can just kind of easily (laughs) warm up to him even if you don't see him but once every few years or something yeah um and then the chapter just ends with Carrion falls asleep and he returns to that dark figure with the maimed Torak, it says, looming yeah, in the I guess shadow. because the story that the storyteller told at dinner was all about the gods and um, yeah. the, the people that they chose when they walked the earth and they were with, you know, and it goes through and it introduces all the gods and the different peoples that belong to the different gods. And right. talks about that story that, yeah. he, that when he had the play fight with Rundrig and got hurt and then Aunt Paul got cross at him and he we were talking about that last week. Mm. I guess this is just like a another layer of that, like not letting that fall mm. away. This is like a uh, stirs up all of those things again. Yeah, like it's going to be a recurring thing for him for a while. Yeah. And, and, you know, it says the last line is that as the other world reached out to claim him. So... And that's no. another, that's like, you know, the, the conversation he and the storyteller had, you know, wasn't that mm-hmm. almost exactly what the old guy said, you know, if one day that world reaches out to claim yeah. something? Yeah, exactly that. Um, so now it's like, well, is this world going to be filled with that darkness that his dream was, or is there also some goodness to it? Oh, I think that can be said about everything. Yeah. That's the balance, isn't it? The dark and the light. You can't have one without the other. Right. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that's basically chapter two. 
Um, bum, bum, bum. So we can see where it goes from there. Or I'll see where it goes. Because, you know, the more that we, the more we read, the more we're about to get into the adventure. And I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. I can't remember if it's the next chapter or the next one after that, but it's pretty soon. That they start their adventure? Well, oh, <laughs> uh, I don't uh, Anyway, we'll read the next chapter and we'll talk about that next week and we'll get closer to adventuring yes talking yeah, about so- it talking about adventuring i know that as you listen to this you have already heard the theme music for the show but as we're recording this my sound engineer and amazing composer is just like putting the finishing touches on it and it's freaking epic it's so amazing i'm very excited about the whole thing i've been looking for my sword all day because it just makes me feel like I need a sword in, in my hand. <laughs> it really is. It is so just, it makes you feel like you're a warrior about to go into battle. I know, or... it's just awesome. That whole like, wow, it's thrilling. Anyway, that's my little yeah. about. So you'll, you'll have to let us, you guys can let us know what you think of the theme music since you've heard it now but we're just being introduced to it today yes so we're really excited about it I like that that little time travel aspect of this show (laughs) oh yeah I know it's the trick of the the um the other world I know that whole dissolving boundaries and what's real and what's not real you never know dear listener Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm So we can now go into the magic segments where. Okay, so I think I've missed magic. Yeah. So you can go ahead, tell us. Okay. The magic that you experienced with this and. Okay, so yeah, it's not, it's not precisely magic. Well, I say it's not precisely magic, but you know, maybe it is. But the way the storyteller can, it's just like so good at sleight of hand you know he's just this casual thief and um does it with it's so disarmingly and charmingly even the way that he just nicks stuff over the kitchen and you know walks off with a flagon of wine or whatever and i think that this is it's almost something like beyond just taking it when someone's not looking that's the kind of feeling Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a magic to that. And I think that's kind of cool. And um, just the way that he, they just, it's described that he tells the story in the way that, I don't know, he kind of draws himself up, like he's centering himself in this power to, you know, make this magical space exist with the power of his voice creating the story. And that is very much what I do when I, guide people in meditation I use my voice to create the space and so that felt magical to me too um but and it just the way that he does it with no effort I think that's very cool (laughs) the whole thing I just think he's a cool guy (laughs) yeah he he really is it all is just like a natural thing for him and it goes to show his he definitely has some type of magical presence and ability within him. And it's true with the, when the food disappears, is he actually going and snatching it or is there something else going on? Yeah, exactly. 
that he somehow gets it to himself. Yeah, um, yeah. And just, the, you know, because it's described as this vagabond, this ruthless mm-hmm. vagabond. In truth, he was a ruthless vagabond, I think the words go. You know, yep. he's still shabby and, and stuff, but it, it's like that's a disguise or something because underneath there's all of this really controlled power that comes out, you know, when he tells these stories. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my takeaway from this one with the magic is that, um, you know, we're both storytellers, but I can relate to that feel of um, just wanting to tell a really good story to leave people with a sense of wonder and, you know, pull people in and get them to think on a deeper level than just what do I need to do today? And that's exactly what he does is he just sucks people into this like past time in history and everybody wants to just know more and you know he leaves them with that of okay well next time that I feel like telling a story you'll hear more (laughs) everyone kind of is just mesmerized don't they and isn't that what every storyteller wants (laughs) yeah definitely and he's the master of it (laughs) so we can all learn a little bit from him I think take so. some take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really true that the power of the voice um, mm. that it can have on people too to put into a trance. Yeah. Like state almost, like with meditation. Yeah. You know? Yep, I do know. Um, yeah, you're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been told um, by my producer that I'm not allowed to read the novels because when we were talking about producing audiobooks, um, she's told me that if um, I want to read the novels, I have to learn how to be more dynamic <laughs> when I read out loud because I've trained yeah. my voice to do this kind of, to get people into this meditative state. And I've done that for like 20 years. And so now to like read things out loud in a different way, like to bring things to life and like um, that's a real I think I'm doing it, but I'm really not. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be reading my own audiobooks for the novels. <laughs> yeah, I think reading audiobooks is a whole different thing. And it's, um, I'd imagine it's really exhausting, but worth it. Mm. But you do have to be able to train your voice. And- well, yeah. And is it like the most enjoyable audiobooks are the ones who do that real characterization? Like there's a real art to like bringing the different characters to life and isn't there like really I mean yeah if you're gonna read your own book and you have to you don't have to do voices I guess but you know I personally I don't listen to audiobooks that often but I did listen to the Harry Potter series with Jim Dale he's fantastic right because yeah. there's another one, I forget, Stephen Fry Stephen also Fry did it. it. But I, re- I've, but I've Jim Dale. But Jim Dale, he's, he's the master. Oh my god, incredible! How he came up with that many voices, I have no idea. I know, but... and they're all distinct, like the distinct mm-hmm. characterizations of the, you know, the ca- the book character. It's amazing. I definitely right. got the ability to do that. No, I don't either. But then, you know, you listen to the other audiobook I listened to was the Hunger Games series and then Twilight. Mm. And both of those were a lot more um, like mellow. Like someone reading you a story. Yeah, I mean, she would kind of, it was a woman in both of them. She would kind of deepen her voice for men mm. and, 
and do a little bit higher than her normal tone for women. And then her normal voice was the narrator, but that was really it. And it was still mm. good. You well, know, see, yeah, so. exactly. And I guess I've listened to all kinds of audiobooks and enjoyed them all. I think, yeah, it's hard to say. I think you either like it or you don't, depending on the story. Like, I think that I'll read my audiobooks for my non-fiction because that is my voice. Like, that is me talking in my own voice, you know, about stuff. So that, right. that will work. But anyway... No, it's not, yeah. it's not, we're not talking off the point because the, you know, this chapter no. has been about storytelling, isn't it? So, yeah. And using your voice. Yeah. Yeah. And audiobooks, I think is a perfect way to relate that to our reality that we live in right now. Yeah, exactly. What's going on in the books. So it's kind of natural that it just came to that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But now, yeah, so yeah, speaking of relating to real life. <laughs> speaking of relating to life. So the thing that this chapter kind of brought up in my memory, and it's probably to do with the stuff I was talking about earlier, you know, um, my birthday week, my brother's birthday week, and the fact that um, it's such a short chapter and, mo and a lot of the chapter is about the meal, you know, the the community meal they have been where the storyteller tells the story and they all get together in the dining hall and I just kept thinking about the big family meals that my family has for like Christmases especially and they're all big and noisy and colorful and messy and there's stuff going on everywhere and I just kept thinking yeah. about that and feeling a bit nostalgic and I think I just get like that now because they're so far away and um, it's taken me a while to let myself feel sad, you know, because I decided to move away. And so it took a while for me to move through that, well, this was my decision. I don't have any right to feel sad about the consequences to a place where I can just be kinder to myself. And it's taken a, quite a lot of work, but, you know, I'm here now and I can just, you know, be there and be okay with feeling a bit sad and, you know, and too. knowing that that's okay to be that way. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and two, it, I think because it's your birthday week as well, that it's kind of top of mind right now of mm. feeling that a little bit of missing the, those big yeah. family meals and all of mm. that. Yeah, but, that, that, that was my bit of personal insight this week. See, mine is, I just remember, I also come from a big family, but we, um, my mom came her, she's one of eight children, right? But she moved away from the small town that all of the rest of them still live in. So we're kind of separated a little bit from the mm. rest of the big family. So we don't necessarily have the big gatherings and stuff. But what we do is, I remember being a kid and going to visit them or if they came, some cousins would come and stay with me for a summer or something. And just, I got to say, like my whole family is not necessarily in writing, but just in speaking stories, like mm -hmm. just for fun mm -hmm. to entertain each other are really good storytellers. And mm -hmm. so I just remember being a kid with like a lot of my cousins, a lot of us are the same age and we'd be up late at night, you know, telling scary stories to each other or whatever kind of stories were in the mood for. And it was just like, and sometimes we, over there, they'd always have bonfires set up at someone, someplace. We'd be outside doing it. So it just reminded me of, of that. And it's kind of nice to remember, you know, we've all grown apart as we've gotten older, but 
to remember like yeah we did kind of really bond over stories when we were kids yeah 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 oh so i hear you i hear what you're saying yep yeah <gasps> okay so we come to the end of our episode my darlings and you know what happens at the end of our episode we get all magical and shit speaks yes and what you can go first what book okay okay so this is where we're gonna pick a book and just randomly find a page and pick a line right and interpret that so and so the 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 point of this is you can you can do this at home with any book on your bookshelf you have a question in your mind that's been rolling around or you need some direction about something or you just want a little bit of, you know, what sh- how's this week going to go for me? What should I keep an eye out for or whatever? Grab a book off the bookshelf. Hold the question in your mind and open up to a page and read the first thing that your eye falls on. So Alicia's going to do yeah. that now. All right. The book I have here is Tears to Triumph by Marianne Williamson. Um, but it's a very spiritual read and let's see the intention I, I want to hold right now is for, um, just like overall wellness, physical and mental and emotional of where I'm headed with all of that. So here we go. Page. It says, imagine your life as a computer, a permanent undeletable file is available called God's will, literally meaning love's thought. The file is always there, available for download. The only question is whether or not we choose to download it. Mm-hmm. I like that. So tell me what that means for you in the context of your intention. So, yeah, with the things that I've been working through, um, just trying to get to that space of well-being and this i think is just like the reminder that it's it's always there you just have to let go of all the bad junk and be able to let god in the universe give you all the good stuff that they're trying to give you and stop blocking yourself download the file download the damn <laughs> file <laughs> the file with love's thought an undeletable file yeah. Yes. Yes, damn it. <laughs> okay. So I'm using the same book that I did last week, mainly because I started the show and then realized that I hadn't chosen another book. So Journey to the Dark Goddess, How to Return to Yourself by Jane Meredith. And I think I would just like, I don't have any specific intention, but a little bit of direction going into the next week. There's, I'm having to practice saying no a lot at the moment. Um, there are a lot of people inviting me to a lot of different things and asking me to work on different things with them. And it's a new thing for me to have to protect my creative space. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of, 
it's a bit weird. And so I'm, I, I think I just maybe with that in mind, that's sort of the, the state of mind I am in as I, as I doing this exercise. So each of these goddesses must sacrifice everything to their new, to their purpose. And it is a sacrifice that makes sacred. Because of these sacrifices, they are able to continue. <laughs> Without them, they would not make it into the underworld. Holy crap. <laughs> How appropriate was that? I know. Oh, my God. I swear to you guys, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> no, this is our proof right here. I mean, we both of us had a pretty accurate, like, nail on. It really works, doesn't it? Tell you what we asked. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm doing cool. a bit. I'm a bit sweary today, guys. That will happen every now and then. Just so you know. It's okay. This is a grown-up show, and we might do a little bit of swearing every now and then. Yep. We talk about adult concepts. Yeah, that's what the that's what the explicit is for on on yes. iTunes, right? <laughs> I did click explicit. I did do yeah. that. So we warned you. <laughs> so. <laughs> So what do you interpret from the reading? Well, I don't think I have to interpret anything. It's a literal so, statement. Yeah, just, just um, you know, don't try and do everything. Just allow the sacrifice to exist and, and to, you know, to be balanced and grounded in my own creative projects as well. I just don't overbalance myself. Because if I try to do everything without any sacrifice, I'm not going to get anywhere. Yep. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Wow. Yes, so you guys. This is my favorite segment of the show, I think. I love it. So now you guys seen the magic at work, right? Why don't you go give it a try? And let us know what comes up for you. Yes, and please. And two, we can always follow up, you know, as the, week's, the week goes and see how this came to be in our own lives and do a quick maybe like touch in with that at the beginning of the episodes. I just thought of a hashtag. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I know. I've been, I've been <laughs> writing them down. This is the first one I've written down. Damn it. I keep forgetting. You have to remind me. Okay. Okay. Next time, I'm just going to randomly throughout the episode, I'm going to say hashtag Sandra. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, so, I think, what do you think? I think we've come to the end of our episode. Yep, this is it. And it was a good episode. I'm excited to read on. No, your prediction. Oh, your prediction yeah, for the next chapter. How, what's the next chapter going to have in it? Okay. I still, I feel like I don't have enough yet to get really into it, but. I can just hope that we're going to get more from the storyteller, that he's not just going to disappear, um, and that him and Garyon will have some more conversations so that we can, you know, pick his brain a bit and just get to know him a little bit better as a character, but also maybe he's going to be a, kind of like, an, not an antagonist, but he's going to kind of propel movement mm -hmm. for the story, I think. That's okay, my prediction. Cool. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay, That's so. Funny.
Darlings, if you have made it all the way to the end of this episode, please hit us up on social media at Bulgarian and Beyond. I'll put all the links to all of our the places you can find us in the show notes. But yes, um, I, my hashtag is Prophecy Speaks. So if you use the hashtag Prophecy Speaks and let us know, like if you do that book exercise that we do to, you know, do our own little bit of prophecy, I'd love to know if you do it. So hit me up the hashtag Prophecy Speaks at one of our places. The hashtag I picked was a world beyond because I really loved the storyteller's little spiel on how there's the world we can see and touch and then there's another world beyond all that. We'll be back with you guys next week. Hopefully we start hearing from you mm-hmm. uh, in the, so the inbox, inbox email. <laughs> Belgariad and beyond at gmail.com. Link in the show. All right. Well. It's great chatting with you and we'll be be in touch again next week for another episode. Thanks, Alicia. I love talking with you about this stuff. Me too. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.